It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And here we go, kicking off Super Week ahead of Super Bowl 58. And we have a super show ready today with huge news, including of the sneaky variety. Let's do this thing. Here we go. Only one place to start. I think Brock's done a great job with the opportunity. You know, he got it, and he's taken advantage of it. He was a late-round pick. I know he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he wants to go out there and prove every day that he's the right fit for that team. And again, I really respect Kyle, but Brock's done a hell of a job. The moment's not too big for him. It's not going to be like, oh, my God, I'm in a Super Bowl. Like, I'm nervous, or I'm going to try to do more. It's just, hey, let the moments come to you. Until they win a Super Bowl, I'm not going to believe that he can evolve beyond the X's and O's that Kyle dials up. The conversation, a lot of it at least, will be about Brock Purdy as we count it down to Super Bowl 58. And we'll certainly have plenty of that conversation here. The hashtag crew has assembled around us. Hembo's here in New York. Bubba and Cam are in Bristol. And our buddy Dan Graziano, good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up this morning. And Dan, once again, taking Hembo down in Ugh. a sneaky Hembo Super trivia. I loved today's question, yeah. by the way. Right or wrong, I know Hembo agonizes over, over your domination of him. But okay. the question was, which Super Bowl game featured the most players who ultimately made the Hall of Fame? I love that question. Yeah, Super Bowl thirteen is famous for it. Like that, that's the, and it was, there were, I think it was 17 that played and something like 26 on the, on the rosters combined. Uh, and both head coaches are both in the Hall of Fame, too. So, yeah, classic Steelers-Cowboys rivalry from the, uh, I guess, the 70s, right? Yeah, I, I think yeah. I misspoke on the air this morning. I think that... If it's 13, I think that's the second of the Cowboys Steeler right. matchups. They met twice in about a five year span. The first one was 21 17. That, that's the Lynn Swan game. Mm-hmm. So this one would have been the next one. This would have been like the 35 31 yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, p- people, I think, sometimes just look at the score and think it was an unbelievable game. Pittsburgh was way ahead. Dallas scored a couple of late touchdowns yep. to make the final score look closer. But it was, it was just a, a who's who yes. of Hall of Famers. On that field. I thought to ask this question and look it up because I asked myself, how many Hall of Famers will be on the field in this game? Mm. And I thought to myself, oh, there's probably, I don't know, half a dozen of those. That has to be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and as it turns out, 17. Super Bowl thirteen had three times that many, which is just remarkable. Well, so let's, let's think that through. So let, let, let's put Patrick Mahomes in right now. Okay. Let's put Kelsey in right now. All right. right. The, obvi- the ones that are obvious. Christian McCaffrey? Sure. Why okay. not? Yeah, he's That's a Hall of Famer. three. Purdy, obviously. <laughs> Andy, I mean, are we counting Andy Reid? No, we're only no, counting I mean, the players. coaches. Don't count on that right. seventeen in, in uh, Super Bowl thirteen. How about like um, Chris uh, Chris Jones? Yeah, how about Chris Jones? Is I he don't going know. to the Hall of yeah, Fame? I mean, I don't know. Like, Trent I, Williams. Trent Williams. I okay. would think definitely. He would. Yes, he's uh, he's a definite yes for me. Chris Jones is probably closer to a fifty fifty, right? Yeah, I don't know the the. See, that's where I get into like the criteria and how they how they judge that like. You know, Nick Bosa has the talent to be one, but yeah, he probably but he, doesn't no have that can career say yet. That about right. him yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think. I'm, I'm not sure where you got a half a dozen from. I guess is my point. Who yeah. else on Who else on Kansas City besides those two guys? 
Well, Chris Jones would probably be the next likeliest, right? Any of those linemen, any of their offensive linemen, probably not. But they're all the, the good offensive linemen are all young, you know. Well, none of their receivers, none, yeah. of their, none of their Certainly backs, none of the receivers. No, I mean, I mean, Andy Reid and maybe Kyle Shanahan will both be there someday. But I, I, the point is, seventeen is an astronomical number. I mean, George, George Kittle could be uh, like on the 49ers side. True. Like he's a guy that could certainly mm-hmm. make a and case. And Debo and Ayuk, and yeah. they've got a lot of great players, but none yeah. of them at this moment. Would we say so? I mean, that, those teams. That's Bradshaw and Staubach. Oh. It's Franco and Dorsett. And, and, it's Swan and, and yes. Stallworth. Drew Pearson's in the Hall of Fame now. All those defenders: Two Tall Jones and Harvey Martin and Randy White on one side, and Mean Joe Green Jack and Jack Hamm, Lambert yeah. and Jack Ham on the other. It's sure. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'd love to actually. I wish we had the time to spend the time to see if you guys can name all seventeen guys. Like I have the list right in front of me. You want to give did, it? I think like we did, just did. did. You want to give Tony it a try? Dungy play in the game, and he's in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Is that one of the? He does that, not. No, he does not show up or he count. Play. Uh, he was on one of the. He was on the Steelers, but he didn't play in the game. We could do yeah. it easily. I mean, how many did we just name? Just just the two quarterbacks is two. Right. The two running backs, Franco and Dorsett, is four. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers, Swan, Stallworth, Andrew Pearson. Pearson, sure. Mm-hmm. Then That's seven. How many offensive? The offensive line is where I'm going to need a yeah. minute here. Uh, Mike Webster. Mike Webster, That's for right. sure. I don't think the Steelers had any other offensive linemen go to the Hall of Fame. On defense, you got Mean Joe Green. Mm-hmm. You yeah. got Jack Lambert and Jack Ham. Mm-hmm. You got Mel Blunt right. on one side. Then you got Two Tall Jones. You got Harvey Martin. You got Randy White. How many is that so far? So far, it looks like you're missing only four. Oh, that's pretty good. I think you're only missing four unless you guys said a name that I did not cross off. Offensive linemen, like we're not thinking of on the Cowboys. So there's there's one offensive lineman, unless you guys already said him. We said Mike Webster. He's he he, I have checked off. Okay, so there's one other offensive lineman. A right tackle. Right tackle. On on which team? I'm trying to think. Who are the right? Who are the other offensive you guys are good, on man. those Steeler teams? I don't know the, right the right tackle for the for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I don't know. the tight end was Billy Joe it. Dupree. Who was lined up next to him? Um, yeah. I don't have it. Uh, Rayfield Wright. Did you guys oh, say Rayfield yeah, Wright? Rayfield Wright. Okay, so that's one you missed. Of course. Uh, now we're missing uh, a Dallas tight end. At least he's oh, listening. Bless his heart. He he uh, he's got to be the sickest man alive, right? Jackie Smith. Jackie Smith is yeah. correct. He's he's a Hall of Famer because of his career right. with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. and then there's two more. There's two more. Let's see. One Steeler here, a safety that you may or may not have said. Did we say Mel Blunt? You said Mel Blunt. You said Mel Blunt. So so uh, another um, safety. Yes, safety. Uh, the other uh, safety. Donnie Shell. Yes, yeah. Donnie Shell is correct. Wow. And then there's one more, a safety for Dallas. Cliff Harris? Yes. Wow. He you guys went good. 16 for 7. Well, guys, that, look, it was all him. Look, that, that's, that, I've made this, we've talked about this before, and I, we've written this in books, Embo and I have, uh, including another one that hasn't come out yet, so we're the only ones who've read it so far. But the, I would argue the Steelers and the Cowboys and that rivalry in the 70s mm-hmm. changed American sports forever. That was what brought the Cowboys were the, just as they are now, glitz, glamour, sure. Hollywood, movie stars, um, uh, uh, you know, Roger Staubach, clean cut, Naval Academy, Tom Landry with his fedora and the cheerleaders and all that kind of stuff. And on the other side, the, the blue collar lunchbox, you know, goofy Southern boy, you yeah. know, Terry Bradshaw with the gap in his teeth and all that kind of stuff. And, and they, uh, the, the team that represented their city, everyone loved one and hated the other. They met all the time. They were definitively the two yeah. best teams. They changed, they, they made this a football nation. We went from being a baseball country to a football country, more because of the Steelers and Cowboys than anything else. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, did. I mean, that was it. That was, that was uh, I mean, that was the Yankees-Red Sox of its day, right? Yeah, like, that absolutely. Was, yeah, so, no, I, I think it's, 
I think it's fun to look back. I don't. I mean, I don't remember Super Bowl thirteen. I know it as a as a trivia question answer, uh, and obviously I know. How old are you? Almost uh, fifty one. So how do you not remember that? What do you mean? What year You're was that? You're old enough to have remembered that Super Bowl thirteen would have been in the late seventies, like nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. So January of se- how old are you in January? So of I would I could I could tell you the Pittsburgh Pirates from nineteen seventy nine <laughs> that we are like, family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. They, won, they both won them. the same year. Yeah, so I remember Stargell and Bradshaw I was a the, baseball fan. Like that was like we were, Yeah, but you're also so you're five years younger than me. So you would have been like seven. Yeah. What year were you born? Seventy two. All right, so yeah, you were really young because this mm-hmm. would have been January of '79. So you were yeah. like six and a half yeah. years old. I wasn't Boy, that watching. pisses me off. I remember. <laughs> I don't work with too many people that are older than I am. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, those games. I, I remember yeah. those Super Bowls. So I think the first. I mean, I remember those 49er ones. I remember the bear, the Bears, the '85 Bears. That mm-hmm. was a. T- I, I kind of got all into that team. Um, yeah, so th- that was about when I can I, I can go back about that. But far. baseball was your yeah. love. Yeah, and people don't know this. But Dan, not everyone knows this, Dan covered Major League Baseball as long as you've covered football, About right? 14 years, yeah. And you covered 13 World Series and 13 Super Bowls. Yeah, this will be, be, break the tie, this year's Super Bowl. What was your first World Series? First World Series, well, my first World Series, yeah. I went to when I was 11 years old. My mother's family was Phillies season ticket holders, and we went to the 1983 World Series, Phillies Orioles, the two of us. We sat like two rows down from the top of Veterans Stadium. You and your mother? Yes. Like, it's an indelible memory. It was, and also, by the way, it was the last World Series day game. It mm. was, it was, yeah, it was like, I think it was game three of the, of the 83 World Series. They have not played a World Series day game since. Uh, but yeah, it was what, Veterans Stadium, like, you saw the guy hit the ball, and then a couple seconds later, you heard him hit the ball. Like, it was that far away, but I will never forget it. You got it. to see uh, Jim Palmer and Steve Carlton. That, they were, they were pitching that in that game? Yeah. They posed so, each other. Yeah, it, it, that, that one I'll never forget for obvious reasons. And then, uh, you know, the first World Series I covered was 97. It was my first year on the baseball beat at the Palm Beach Post. I was the Marlins beat writer. So Tw- that's 25 years old. Right? Yes. Levon Hernandez and Gary Sheffield and Moises Alou and Jim Le- Jim Leland. What was Leland like? Oh my God! I mean, how <laughs> how long is your show? Like that's almost all my stories are Jim Leland. Like he was he was unbelievable. I mean, because that year, epically, famously, I I wanted I tried to pitch a thirty for thirty on that team because I could get them all on the phone and get them to sit down with me. They weren't interested, but I, I think that's a fascinating forgotten team that came together for one year. Yeah. And, and, then, and then was immediately dismantled, uh, but was incredible. But Leland had come and signed a five-year contract to manage the Marlins. He had been a legendary manager with the Pirates and never broke through and won with them. And halfway through the year, the owner of the team, Wayne Huizenga, came in and said, it's not working, I'm going to have to sell the team, and we're going to have to trade everybody when the season's over. It was real-life Major League. That's the 30-for-30 pitch, right? It was like, well, then we better win the whole blah, 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 blah thing. And Leland sent his family. He never sold his house in Pittsburgh. He sent his wife and kid home. And he slept in his office, and I mean, you know, sorry, Jim, if you're listening, but I mean, at that time, he, he was drinking, you know, like he, 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 after the game, he'd have like a big, you know, glass of vodka and ice and, and talk to us about the game for, for like an hour. He was amazing. I, I probably learned more baseball from him than anybody else. Uh, I've never seen a person smoke more cigarettes in he my was, entire life. He was life a big smoker. Leland. He was, he was just, you know, he used to, <laughs> such a character. He wore cleats. Like he's managing the game. He wore cleats, and like as he's walking on like a concrete floor to get to the dugout. Uh, in cle- but no, he was he was he was a character, man. I I guess he's going in the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy for him. That that was uh, we had our moments certainly uh, where we weren't always friends, but uh, I think fundamentally, I think it was a good relationship. And again, I I I definitely learned a lot from him. And the first Super yeah. Bowl you covered. 
first Super Bowl I covered, when I was at the Star-Ledger covering the Yankees, the Giants were playing the Ravens in Tampa, and they sent me there as like the eighth guy on the coverage team, uh, and I covered it from you know the, the media workroom underneath the stadium. That was that, that Ray Lewis defense. Um, and then when I went to AOL Sports, the first Super Bowl I covered was Saints Colts. Sure. The, yeah, yeah. So that was a, a famous one with the onside kick after yeah. halftime. Drew Brees game. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've been to some games, man. I, it, it's look, <laughs> there's there's nothing like this week, and, and yeah. you know I've been to it quite a few times myself, and. Um, you know, there's a part of me that's sorry not to be in Vegas this week, and there's another part of me that's relieved because it's such. I, I would, I'm interested to see what it's like in Vegas. <laughs> I am too, because yeah, Vegas is like the Super Bowl every day. Yes, <laughs> and I was in, I was there for the draft two years ago. Yeah, which is a different vibe, but also you know crazy. Um, and I will tell you this because I was sick and I was, I had like a, a, it was either my allergies hitting me hard. I got a cold at the worst possible time because I'm hosting the freaking draft. So all I want to do is sleep and feel better. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you. Not the place. There's no place on <laughs> earth you want to be less. <laughs> Not only were we in Vegas, we were staying in Caesar's Palace. Oh, my gosh. You couldn't go downstairs to get anything. No. Like, you, you walked out of, your, of the elevator, and you were just, yeah. you were in, at, it was as Vegas There's as no Vegas There's no urgent care in the lobby? There was not only was that you couldn't buy like Sudafed, like that was not on the list of options. You could buy lots of cigarettes <laughs> if that had been the key to my feeling better. But anyway, so we look forward to this week and, and you know, we get Mahomes and we get Andy oh. and we get all that stuff. And and so what do we think? I, th- I mean, I have a hard time going against the Chiefs. I really do. Like they know how to win this game. And, you know, the 49ers. I don't know, man. Like that defensively, they don't strike me as as dominant as they were, you know, for instance, four years ago when these teams met in a Super Bowl. Uh, I just I just feel like I feel like the Chiefs peaked at the right time. And I think they're I think they're feeling real good about themselves. I think their defense is outstanding. And I I I think they're going to win. What has me twisted in a knot, Greeny, is is that what you said is what I think. And it's also what the whole world thinks. Like the, the number right now is San Francisco minus two. Right. Which is a so, smelly so it's not what the line. the whole world thinks. Well, what, <laughs> it's, right. what I'm saying is a huge majority right now of the public yeah. is on the Chiefs to cover and to, 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 to on the Chiefs' money line. And that's what has me concerned. It feels like, it feels like we're getting set up for a big Niners win because that, that's, that's how Vegas operates. They're not going to take a bath in this game. They're, they're going to win anyway because of all the props and stuff. Of I have a hard time seeing the Chiefs running away and hiding because what you think is what pretty much every pro and Joe thinks out there. But they don't run away and hide. They, they, their two Super Bowl wins have been, have been fourth-quarter comebacks, right? So, like, I, But I do think, to the 49ers' credit, mm-hmm. the, the last couple games have shown an ability to do something we didn't think they could do, which is engineer that second-half comeback. Play tough. As opposed to just, you know, that we're the team that when everything is going right, we, we dominate. And when they aren't, when it's not, we don't. So I think they've shown a little bit of something. And I think that honestly is, is like some Purdy effect, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he carries himself like an underdog, like, like somebody who nobody thinks I can do it. And I think that has kind of infused the 49ers who we wouldn't have thought of that way uh, prior to this year, prior to this month, honestly. I, I honestly do wonder about the Taylor Swift effect on the gambling as well. Just how many people who don't really know anything about football will bet on the Chiefs to win because of her. And all, all Travis Kelsey Taylor to fans. win Super Bowl MVP is yeah. going to be the most common bet. All right, Graziano, well done. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow on my okay. way to the airport. As we continue. In a, oh, you're going to Vegas? Yeah. Very good. After the show tomorrow. All right. I, I am uh, coming up next. I'm going to explain why I may have a hard time going home today. Mm. It, 
A lot of people in my adopted hometown are going to be mad at what I said <laughs> on television. And you know what? I don't care because I'm right. I'll say it again next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, we're presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. Coming up in 30 seconds, I'll explain to you why a lot of people are mad at me today. Because sometimes the most painful thing in the world to hear is the truth. I will tell that truth again after this word. From AutoZone, are you dealing with a dead battery? Head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Their free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not, or if you're in need of a fresh charge. And if you do happen to need a replacement battery, they can help with that too. And they're the only place you can find proven tough Duralast batteries. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. All right, we've got sneaky big news. Sneaky big news. When I went to sleep on Thursday night, Cliff Kingsbury was going to be the offensive coordinator of the Las Vegas Raiders. And then I got to work this morning, and he is the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Why is that significant? I think it is very significant, Hembo. Not just that he has the job, but in the fact that it appeared he was going to have one job and then in an about face went to another. It feels as though that was an intentional decision. Now, granted... The Washington team hired their head coach, Dan Quinn, in the interim there. But 
and, and thus that solidified an opportunity for someone who's got head coaching experience in the NFL maybe to come in and essentially be the head coach of the offense. Maybe that appeals to him. All the rest of that, all that is fine. He probably could have had that opportunity in Las Vegas as well with Antonio. But either way, the point is Cliff Kingsbury was an offensive coach, the quarterback's coach for Caleb Williams at USC this past year. Caleb Williams went to Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C. He is a native son of that city. This is a a time of rebirth in Washington. That city, that fan base, that franchise, and everyone associated with it has been dying, begging, and pleading to get out from under the stench of Dan Snyder for whatever it's been, two decades or whatever it is. It's finally come. And the the way to begin it with a bang is to attract Kayla Williams, the first generational prospect of the NIL era, which means he has unprecedented control over where he goes. I will remind you that the two quarterbacks who are famous for forcing their way out of a situation in the draft were John Elway, who was able to actually threaten to go play baseball, and Eli Manning. And it's still not quite clear to me what leverage Eli and Archie used to get him out of San Diego and to the Giants, but clearly it worked. Maybe it was just the marquee level of his name, of the family name. Whatever the case may be, we all know what happened. In the case of Caleb Williams, he's a person who makes millions and millions of dollars. You can't watch a football game during the season and not see a commercial with him in it. He's in the Heisman House commercials. There has to be a ton of money in that. He's in the Dr. Pepper commercials. There has to be a ton of money in that. So he's okay if he doesn't go to the NFL immediately. He's okay if things don't work out fast. You have to play the long game. And if he decides, and this is a big if, if he decides that the long game he wants to play is back home for him in Washington, then the Cliff Kingsbury hiring feels like it makes a lot of sense in that regard as well. So I'm connecting dots here, or maybe more to the point, I'm putting two and two together. Hembo, am I getting four? Can I add another two Go. to make it six? Yeah. So our Jenna Lane reported that uh, she was told that Ben Johnson, the uh, Lions offensive coordinator, was turned off by commander's ownership, that they're basketball guys and felt they were a little too confident in their football opinions. So we are already like in the middle of March when it comes to draft stuff going on, like all the rumor mill and whatnot. What we know for sure, or at least what we should know for sure, based upon the fact that Cliff Kingsbury pulled out of the Vegas job, is now the Washington OC coupled with this Jenna Lane report, is that something happened in the last few days that really matters. Now what that is, it's hard to say for sure. We also know that Caleb Williams has said some things that suggest that he doesn't want to go to Chicago, or at least his dad has, his representation has, and then they kind of pull back from that too. So we're in the we're already sort of in the middle of like the of the season where all the misinformation starts to permeate. But it is not a fait accompli that Caleb Williams ends up as quarterback of the Chicago Bears. That's correct. So there are three different ways. Here's how I painted this picture on television this morning. There are two stories that are running on parallel tracks. One of them is, what does Caleb Williams want? Let's put that aside for a minute. We'll come back to it. The other is, what do the Chicago Bears want? As I see it, they have three options. One of them is they decide they're going to build around Justin Fields. I feel like they've already made up their minds they're not doing that. But let's just acknowledge that it is one of the things they could do. If they did that, then they could trade the first pick in the draft for basically anything, whatever the highest bid is. That's going to be three number one picks. So you could build around Justin Fields with three number one picks. More. It'll be more than that. 
fair enough. But at minimum, it's that. So that's option number one. I agree with you. I don't think they're doing that. Option number two is draft Caleb Williams because he's the best quarterback in this draft, because he feels like a generational prospect. Trade away Justin Fields. Use that ninth pick that you have to take a good offensive lineman or a good receiver or whoever you want. There are going to be plenty of those there. There are three huge receivers that are going to go in the top ten of this draft. There are at least two offensive linemen that are going to go in the top ten of this draft. So you can put pieces in place that will help you develop your young star quarterback in Caleb Williams. And so that's option number two. The really interesting option number three is this. What if you're the Bears and you really like Drake May or Jaden Daniels? Drake May and Jaden Daniels are going to go two and three in this draft in either order. I think when push comes to shove, it's going to be Drake May who goes two. I think that teams are going to fall in love with him. For those of you who don't know him, he went into this season at North Carolina neck and neck with Caleb Williams. And Drake May's team did not have a great year His numbers weren't quite as good as they were the year before, although his numbers would have been spectacular for most people. He's from an athletic family. His brother is Luke May, who you remember from being a star in the Carolina basketball teams. He looks the part, big, strong, physical, actually a much better athlete um, than you might think just looking at his stature. So I think there is a legitimate case to be made that if you're the Bears and you're looking at and saying, I really like Drake May. He could just as easily be the answer to our quarterback questions, and we could move back a spot, drum up, make Washington desperate if that's what they want, and get steal a number one from them or something like that for Caleb Williams and take Drake May anyway. That's an interesting little proposition. So the Bears have three choices, I think, to make for themselves. The worst of those options is option two, to draft Caleb Williams first and – go into the future with him because what you're getting for Justin Fields is probably a two and a four and you're taking Caleb Williams, making him your franchise quarterback. And unless he turns out to be an absolute superstar, you're going to wind up regret not trading the pick for, for more because you cannot possibly convince me that the differential between Caleb Williams and may or Daniels is greater than all the extra stuff that you can get by moving one or two picks back. And the fact that Washington just hired Cliff Kingsbury gives you incalculable leverage if you're the Chicago Bears, because you know that they want the hometown kid to bring the franchise into the 21st century, and Caleb Williams is the perfect person to do that, obviously. And if you're the Bears, you have all the marbles. Look, and New England may want him, and any number of other teams may want him. Like, you, you, you can, if you are raffling off that pick, wrong, wrong word, auctioning off yeah. that pick, then it is the most valuable asset that any team has had in a draft in a long time maybe since Jacksonville had the one pick the year of Trevor, Trevor. Lawrence mm-hmm. and everyone knew Jacksonville wanted a quarterback so that I don't remember there ever really being a serious conversation about them trading that pick because while Zach Wilson and, um, and Trey Lance wound up going two and three in that draft, there was no comparison of either of them as prospects to Trevor Lawrence. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is Caleb Williams really generational? Or is that just the kind of thing that we're going to keep hearing people say over the next few months because, you know, that's what people say over the next few months when it comes to the first quarterback off the board. I've heard that. I've been at ESPN 10 years. I've heard so many quarterbacks described that way. I've heard so many quarterbacks have superpowers. They're superpowers. For example, who? For example, what do you mean? Who have you heard described that way? Trevor Lawrence. Jameis Winston. I've Mm. I've heard all. Greeny. 
You and I both know that between now and April, there will be some irresponsible things said and irresponsible comps made about Caleb Williams. That happens every single year. The comp is going to be Mahomes because, look, his college career was a hundred times better than Patrick Mahomes' college career. It's not even close. People talk about Mahomes now like we all saw this coming. Patrick Mahomes was not this in college when he played for, by the way, Cliff Kingsbury. But Caleb Williams is a better prospect coming in in the draft than Mahomes was. He also has a lot of the same kind of skill set. He, he's, he's got the same kind of build, the same kind of athleticism, the same throwing it off different platforms, you know, the arm and all that kind of stuff, the same freakish talent. So that's going to be the comp. In, in a world where everyone is looking for the next Patrick Mahomes, he looks like Patrick Mahomes. And so did Bryce Young. And so did Zach Wilson. But Bryce Young is a foot shorter. I mean, you can't, don't compare Bryce Young. I, look, you heard me at the time. I told you over and over and over again. Caleb Caleb Williams and Bryce Young are not comparable to each other. Bryce Young is six feet tall, if that. Caleb Williams looks the part, big, strong, athletic. There are not anywhere near the same questions with him. I think that Patrick Mahomes will cause, over the course of many years, dozens of teams to whiff on quarterbacks because they're chasing him. Hell yes. Zach Wilson is one of them. Perfect. I mean, that's the much better example. Zach Wilson is a player who made one throw at a pro day, and Joe Douglas said, that's my guy, because he can throw the ball like Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Here's, let me make, let me, let me, let me continue the point. The ability to throw the ball like Patrick Mahomes does not make you a great quarterback. Lots of guys can throw the ball like Patrick Mahomes. Michael Jordan was not the greatest player in basketball history because he was the greatest athlete, because he had the most talent. He had, there were a million variables that came in, most of them in his case, self-contained. Mm-hmm. His confidence, his um, work ethic, all those kind of things. In, in football, I think you add in the element of all the coaching and everything else. Patrick Mahomes is the perfect storm in a good way. Caleb Williams is going to need to be surrounded by all of that to be Patrick Mahomes. But he has a much better chance of becoming Patrick Mahomes than Bryce Young does. I, I hate to say it. I'm sorry. I, don't, I, I, root for, I hope Bryce Young has a magnificent career and makes $500 million playing. But I said it at the time. I wouldn't have taken him because he's so small. Caleb Williams is not. And if you were Caleb Williams, you're looking at Chicago and you're looking at Washington, would you actually force your way to Washington? So let's have this conversation. The most important thing, and this is where I get to everybody being mad at me, I have been banging this drum all year. All year. If you are the Chicago Bears, you cannot split the baby. You cannot fire everyone on your coaching staff, but keep the head coach and not extend his contract and then expect everyone to look at you and say, oh, that's an advantageous situation. Maybe Shane Waldron is the greatest offensive coordinator that ever lived. I don't know. Um, Moore, uh, DJ Moore is a very nice wide receiver, bordering on being a, num- a true number one wide receiver in the league. Great. Darnell Wright, their first pick last year, offensive tackle, looks great. None of that matters. If they fire the coach after your rookie year. Now, they fired the coach in Carolina and no one saw that coming. So none of these things are a sure bet. But in life, you play the odds. So in Chicago, after they fired John Fox one year after taking Mitch Trubisky, when they should never have kept a lame duck coach in place and drafted a quarterback high, they did it. They replaced him with Matt Nagy. It ruined Trubisky. Fast forward. 
They did the same thing, same thing with Matt Nagy and Eberflus to Justin Fields. And now you have Eberflus. He's been the coach there two years. He got a four-year contract. He has two years left on his deal. Are you telling me that if things don't go well there this year, he's not going to get fired? Oh, I mean, I'm not sure he'll make it through the season. Not only that, but he is a heavily defensive-minded coach, so you're bringing in offensive coordinator. So if you have a great year, then Shane Waldron becomes the hot head coaching prospect. So what you leave yourself with, if I'm Caleb Williams, I'm looking at that situation and I'm saying, I want to go someplace where the coach seems to have some stability. Now, again, could, uh, his name just jumped out of my head. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Could he get fired in a year? Of course. But coaches rarely do. So Dan Quinn has hired, first of all, he's a coach with experience. He took a team. People forget, but he took a team to a Super Bowl, had a 28-3 lead in that Super Bowl for whatever that's worth. And he has hired Cliff Kingsbury, who is your own offensive coach at USC, with whom one would assume you feel very comfortable. He certainly posted a nice message to him. So if you just in a vacuum look at the Chicago situation and look at the Washington situation, maybe the Chicago situation is better. But life doesn't happen in a vacuum. Life happens in a place where you don't want to be in your second system in your second year. You want your coaches to be there. You want them to have stability. Extend the contract of Eberflus. They won't do it because that's not what they do. But while they're busy trying to figure out a way to get to Arlington Heights, they better figure out if this kid wants to come play for them. Because if he wants to force his way out, he's going to do it. And if he does it, God help you if he does it publicly. Because there goes all your leverage. Mm. There goes all that king's ransom you're going to get for him when everyone knows you have to trade him. Now, you'll still get an excellent market because there'll be so many teams that want them, but you want everything going your way. If you're going to make this move, you've got to make this move by the combine. It's got to happen at the combine. It's got to happen by the end of February. That's when they did it last year. That's when they did it last year. That's when all the wheeling and dealing gets done. So what are the, you have it in front of you. What are the dates on the combine? Yeah, Febu- it's always the end of February. Yeah, yeah end of, the last week of February into the, the uh, front of March. So call it a month from now. Mm-hmm. A month from now, this thing has got to be done one way or the other. And look, I don't know what they want, but I would say the best case scenario is if Caleb Williams wants to play for you, great. If not, you find that out sooner rather than later in private conversations with him or with the father, or whoever it may be. It's important to point out Caleb Williams hasn't hired an agent yet, so he's leaving open the option of going back to school. That's incredibly smart. So let's see where this whole thing winds up going. I think it is going to be the, well, I don't think, it is the most interesting and important story in the sport right now. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right, this week, two Hembo trivias a day. We'll do one every hour for Super Week. So Bubba and Cam, we're going to do this twice a day, every day this week, as Hembo has a heap and helping of Super Bowl questions. What do you have? The first is group trivia, and the question is this. Uh, there are five schools that have produced multiple Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. You're going to give me five schools, and we're going to see how many on your list match mine. Five schools, colleges, mm-hmm. multiple Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. That's right. Starting quarter. They have to have started. They had the to have started. All right, the answer is next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny live from the Seaport, brought to you by Gray Goose, and we got this one. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, go ahead, Hembo. There are five colleges that have produced multiple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. You have to have started in the game to be considered that. You're going to give me the five colleges and see if you can get all five. So he, I only have one question, and that is, should Cam and Bubba get credit for this? Like, Cam and Bubba, how do you feel about this? Because I got them all. So, so if I guess all five of them, should you actually receive credit for being a part of the group trivia? That's the question. Well, to be fair, Cam did get one of them. I know, but it would have only taken me another minute to get that. I got no, four that's, of them. No, that's not fair. We can't assume yeah. that you would have gotten then all we five. Can't get, then we can't let Bubba... Uh, be a part of so is, so would this well, be an O and one for him or that, an O and O? That's for not him? yeah. I mean it's that's what I group, mean. There Bubba was, a, was sitting over there going, well, I'm just looking up all the Super Bowl games. Bubba, like, you were you were cheating. He was cheating. I'm not, looking up, I'm not looking up quarterbacks or where they went to school. I was just looking. I'm looking at the Super Bowls. You don't know who won the Super Bowls? <laughs> not really. I mean, I know who won. There have been a lot of them. Yeah. They've been Again, I'm not, I'm not looking them, up. Could, I'm not saying, oh, where did uh, this person go to school? I and, could take you through all 57 of them. Yeah, well, you obviously have a ridiculous Super Bowl memory. I do not. I say Bubba most certainly does not get We've credit. always said from the be- from the be- yeah, from the start of trivia, it's always been you can look at whatever, just a list of whatever we're talking about. You can't look up. Did this person do that? Which I, I'm not going to do that. That would be cheating. I don't feel it's fair. At any rate, we, we can go back to the first let's thing go we did through trivia. Them. I don't. You don't even have to tell me we're right because I know we're right. And one of them is Alabama, who had three quarterbacks: Namath, Bart Starr, and Ken Stabler. Another one is Purdue, which had um, Bob Greasy and Drew Brees. Another one of them is Notre Dame, which had uh, Joe Theismann and uh, Joe Montana. Another one of them is Stanford which had John Elway and Jim Plunkett, and another one of them is BYU, which had Steve Young and Jim McMahon. One more thing. Yeah. You forgot one Purdue quarterback. Len Dawson. Len Dawson. Right. So, the, 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 so, that, that, so 
Cam, come on. Can we give it up for Greeny? My knowledge, there are, you know what? I need to hit this. Where, where is it? I need my glasses. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long, long after, after it's time. time. The genius you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. So uh, let the record show, by the way, that Brandon got it wrong. <laughs> Even though he sat here listening to us, he guessed UCLA. And I said to him, well, who's the other one besides Aikman? And he said, I don't know. I felt rushed. So I, I can't I can't explain it, but 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 what you should you feel let the record for? show Brandon gets one wrong today. Brandon gets an offer today. Brandon, whatever Brandon's score is, he goes under the wrong. What? You said UCLA. You you said UCLA you, is one of your five. You have to guess five. But you have to guess five. <laughs> it's not a team effort. Is he part of the team? We have never put Brandon you guessed in the, the you the the way, You were the only one to give group, us a wrong one. Yeah, every time we do a group, he guesses whatever the n- amount is, and we compare how he did. You contributed UCLA, which is not right. <laughs> <laughs> I also look how Brandon right now is talking like he's on the air. I know. Brandon <laughs> is just talking to me right now. No one can hear him. Anyway, give me the scores. By the way, because this, this also begets, there is a wonderful trivia question. Perhaps my favorite sports trivia question and, and but but I but I think it has adjusted now is name the colleges that have produced both a president of the United States and a Super Bowl MVP, and that's a fun game um, because there's there's one that everyone gets wrong because they they're they're wrong about where one of the presidents went to college. Hmm. But Cam, could you? I mean, it, I'm not throwing this out here, but that's a fun trivia. Take that home with you, or do you want me just to tell you what the answers Michigan. are? Michigan is definitely one of them. I think there are four. Michigan is one. Gerald Ford, Tom Brady. Delaware? Delaware is not right. There's, uh, oh, Joe Flacco and Joe Biden. So that's what it is. That's added to it now. I see. So it used to be four. Now there's five. I knew there was a change. That's what the change is. Okay. So President Biden and Flacco both went there. Uh-huh. Michigan is right. Delaware is right. It's a great question. That is fun. It's a Super fun Super Bowl one. MVP. Super Bowl MVP. President of the United and States. And by the way, Michigan has two Super Bowl yeah, MVPs because Desmond, Desmond Howard was also one in addition to Brady. That's There's God. one that everyone gets wrong because they think the president went to one school. Everyone assumes because he was the governor of one school that that's where he went. Excuse me, the governor of one state that that's governor where he went. He was the president in my childhood. State. In the 70s. Mm. Richard Nixon? No, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, Carter everyone assumes, went, went to, to the University of Georgia, but he didn't. He went to the Naval Academy. And that, that's right. That's why that's why no one ever gets that why one. Why is he in right. Staubach? But so he and Staubach are correct. That's fun. And the I last had one No rec- I had no recollection of Carter going to the Naval Academy. I thought for sure he went to Georgia. You're right. So everyone the, thinks he went to Georgia. And so there's Georgia. one more you're saying, right? Yeah, there's one more. President. And this is one you just sort of have to know. It's an older one. Uh, it's an older president, excuse me. Um, and not everyone knows this. And, and there's, there's no reason. That Could you give us a know. small hint? Um, I feel like I've seen this list before, but it's not ringing a bell. It's, it's an extremely... Um, is it like a forgettable president? Like mm, a, well, I don't... Like a Millard Fillmore, it's Franklin a, it's a Pierce, or Zachary way, Taylor, or William Henry Harrison? Way before our time. Uh, president well, well before our time. Where did George Washington go to college? Um, I, mean, I don't even know. He, he, he this is much too long ago. Hawaii. 
So you, are you confirming that this is correct right now? Or are you, are you no, looking something up I, to try I, to give I'm, us a hint? I'm trying to come up with a hint for you. Um, Much a long time ago. President a long time ago. UVA? No. When, to, 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 I'm, I, I know who it is, but I'm blanking on the president. I know, oh, I know now what school it is. Uh -oh. I, I'm, I'm, trying to look, I'm looking it up to make sure I, I, I say the right president. Okay. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what school it is. And, and you think providing the school would obviously be too good of a hint, right? Yeah. Super, I'm going to look up Super Bowl. Man, president and, and Super Bowl MVP, and it's a much older president. I'm just trying to think of, it's probably going to be someone that went to school on the East Coast and the Southeast or the Northeast. or mid, well, I guess it could be the Midwest. Was there, a, was there a Duke or Carolina? No. Was there a Boston College? Oh, I got it. I, I, you I, got I, it. I looked it up here. It's a hard one. It, it, it's, you would have, I think you would have to have gone there to know this. But the, at Stanford... Stanford. The pre, the business school is the Herbert Hoover School of Business. Oh, I did not know that. So Herbert Hoover went to Stanford, and so and there were did two Jim Super Plunkett. Bowl winning quarterbacks that went to yeah. Stanford. As we, that's a great fact. Plunkett and Elway. And and so the uh, so Biden and Flacco were the newest addition. To that, that that, that's why, because I, I knew there had been something that had changed that question. Cam, what are the scores? Well, do you want to be the only one that gets No, that? you guys can jump on my back. Oh, you guys have done it for mine before. So, uh, mm. I'm 10 and 10, Bubba's 9 and 10, you're 7 and 13. I'm keeping Brandon and Jack and everyone else the same. No, Brandon gets 10, it wrong today. I think, Brandon, I think Brandon gets it wrong today. <laughs> Unless UCLA produces another quarterback. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.